Welcome to Modern Motherhood, where you're required to be everything to everyone all the time. We wouldn't have it any other way, but let's be honest, it's hard work. So let's talk about it, all of it, in the raw with no filter. Come and be a fly on the wall as you listen in on a chat between friends, as each week welcomes a new guest and a new topic to delve deeper around the ins and outs of not only motherhood, but life in general. The ups, the downs, the struggles, the highlights, the reality. Because the reality is, you're not alone. We're all in this together. You're listening to Mummy Republic. Welcome to the whirlwind. lovely thank you so much for joining me and welcome to another episode of the mummy republic podcast i'm your host danny i have missed you since last week but i'm very excited to share a story with you today that is very close to my heart when it comes to a certain topic but before i do i want to give a quick shout out to username hails vandy who left a beautiful five-star review and comment for me over on the itunes podcast app She says, honest, raw, and real. In this crazy world we live in that's heavily filtered and terribly fake, this is an honest and raw take on mum life, work life, and real life. Thoroughly enjoyable and relatable. I am addicted. Thank you so much, girlfriend. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave such kind words. And that's absolutely what I was aiming for with this podcast. So I really appreciate that it's resonated with you. If you would like to do the same, you can jump on over to the iTunes podcast app, leave a rating and a review so that you can let other users know what they're in for. Now, it does actually make a big difference to the podcast being seen. So if you haven't done so already, I would absolutely love for you to leave a comment. It doesn't need to be long winded. Just something that tells me and everybody else what it is that you think of these conversations. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure you click on that subscribe button so that you do not miss a thing. Now, today's guest is uh, just amazing and incredible and is somebody who is the epitome of juggling all of the balls. We're about to touch on a subject that I think a lot of you can relate to. And even if you can't, I'm sure you can understand the importance. So without any further ado, let's get stuck into it. Today's mama is modest as they come, but she is the epitome of someone who juggles all the balls and does it seemingly effortlessly. Between raising her beautiful little boy and being a 30-year-old CEO, there is no one better to discuss work-life balance than the amazing Belle Lajoie. Welcome. How are you? you? Good. Thanks for having me. No problem. How did you feel about that intro? Oh, it's a little bit daunting. (laughs) It's crazy. It's just even crazy that... um, I'm a mum. It just doesn't still feel real. That yeah. is one and I just, yeah, I'm back to work and it's all, all as you said, you know, juggling all the balls is just insane all the time. Yes, yes. And it never ends. Never ends. Um, now, can we just touch on that title for a minute? And I, and I am going to Which put one? Mother or CEO? <laughs> CEO. And I am going to highlight the fact 30-year-old CEO. Oh, I just because... turned 31, so that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's when you were 30. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that that's so incredible. Was that always a goal of yours? No, not at all. Not <laughs> even close. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks, actually, um, because I've done a couple of interviews for work and 
Uh, you know, everyone seems to say, you know, CEO and first female CEO, and that kind of annoys me as well at the same time as being CEO. Um, I think for me, to be honest, I never set out to be successful from a business or professional standpoint ever. It was for me about going into a business and finding the value for the business for, you know, looking at particular components of what needed to be done and, and show my value with my set of skills that I had um, and asking for critical feedback and understanding what was valuable. And then as a result, I became valuable to the businesses that I you know, either started up with my founder or was a part of. So it just mm. is kind of a bit of a blur the last 10 years that I'm even in this position. So yeah, yeah. It's which crazy. And it's funny because I said to you, obviously, um, <laughs> prior to this, that, oh, don't worry, I've done some Googling, which oh, isn't God. that amazing that it's you can so, creep on your friends that way? I hope it's all true. No. <laughs> it was all amazing things, obviously. Oh, gosh. Um, but instead of me going through your Google history, how about you just tell us, where did it begin? Where did you oh, start? I've got a pretty ridiculous story from that. So I started being the assistant to the sales assistant about 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah, so maybe I was 18, 19 years old or something like that. I was late teens um, and I kind of worked my way up just through really hard work and grit and um, I've had a lot of people that have really backed me as well. Um, my executive chairman, Bev, who has been uh, – I've been, I refuse to work for anyone else. He's just the, the one person that I can completely trust and he is a, a, a crazy entrepreneur, visionary, um, and I seem to be able to take the ideas that he says and, you know, create them into kind of implementation or execution plans and go and do that for him. Mm. Um, so started about – yeah. 12 years ago doing that, worked my way up into my my superior's role. So I was just the sales assistant, just living my best life. And I also worked part-time at a nightclub as well, just for extra you dollars, did. you know. Um, can you, you know, like can to you, hustle, yeah. Can you tell us where that was? GPO. Or was when people don't judge me for that, I've changed. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I worked literally seven days a week um, back then. So nothing's really changed. Yeah. Um, and I kind of used that money for travel and, and, and whatnot, whatever it might be, um, probably partying at that, that age. And then from there, Bevan, um, who was the CEO of Pipe Networks, the, the company was called. And Pipe was, um, to be honest, an amazing experience. It really taught me um, about how important company culture was and how valuable that is to a business to scale it. Um, and I've taken that. I was like a sponge at that age. I just literally listened to every single thing that people said to me in who were in superior roles or C-level roles and applied that to what I was doing. And um, when he sold, so he sold Pipe Networks to TPG. So everyone knows TPG. Um, mm. I think he sold it for about 400 million or something. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, he then started another business called NextDC, um, which he very graciously offered me a job at as one of the founding employees. So it was the, that was the start of my kind of startup experience and startup uh, tech startup. Um, you know, just in general, it was just insanity. Startups are a whole other level mm. of difficulty because you're doing things for the first time. Um, you know, you're disrupting industries. So I was then sales ops, so like a sales admin role again, still really just coordinating the sales team. Um, and then I met my husband down in Sydney and, well, he wasn't my husband then. Um, 
And I asked Bev if I could move for personal reasons and if he would even consider transferring me. And he literally made a job for me in Sydney. We didn't have a Sydney office. We didn't have anything there. And um, very graciously said to me, listen, I think you've got this skill set and this skill set. Why don't you just give this a crack and just start the Sydney office and start this? And I was like, shivers. Okay. I don't, I was 22 or 23. Like yeah, wow. I had no idea what I was doing. And Jumped on a plane um, with, you know, for, for personal reasons and he backed me professionally, which was just stunning. next level. Yeah, yeah. it was stunning. Um, and then um, it was – that was really the start of my career because I didn't have friends and family down there that I knew except for Ben and a couple of friends. So I had a lot more time to work, to work on my career. And um, with the support of Ben, I just – the Sydney part just – it was, my career just went crazy from there, I think. Mm-hmm. Just really focused in and um, and made a lot of – put a lot of time and effort and a lot of grit into the businesses that were made. Um, then after that, I'll kind of cut the story short. Um, <laughs> then Bevan started Megaport, which um, was just a ridiculous opportunity and he um, actually put me as interim GM for the first um, – my first kind of – role there essentially which is huge was huge I was 25 I think um running this business that everybody told me I shouldn't leave next DC I was absolutely crazy I had a really good job really good reputation to take this risk was stupid the amount of people that told me that um was incredible the most of the industry in Australia the internet industry in Australia told me not to take that role Mm. and I said no you're just not seeing it yet you're just not seeing it yet it just I've got this and that business grew from zero dollars revenue when I started till it's worth over a billion dollars now in five years so like I knew my gut was just that I knew that I had to do it I knew that there was a fire in my belly for that business model and there was a way that we were going to do it and there was a way we were going to disrupt and nothing could kind of stop me um even though I did worry when people were telling me not to do that um, and then from there, I became chief commercial officer. So I had about, I think about 70 people under me just before I went and had Rafi, my little baby. Um, and then now um, kind of transitioned back from maternity leave and got offered this role as CEO. And I couldn't say no. Of course not. So I just had to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's such a testament to you because it, did you ever get concerned? I mean, first of all, being in such high-powered, fast-paced mm. roles mm. that stepping away and having RAF would have an impact on your career? I was petrified. Mm. I can't even tell you that first trimester, I cried the whole time. Like, I was happy. Don't get me wrong. Of I was course. so excited. <laughs> but I I was devastated for my career. Mm. I spent, you know, that 10-year period working so hard, um, building relationships, and I thought it was all going to end for me at that point. And... Um, to an extent, you know, when I came back from maternity leave, I didn't feel the same. I felt mm. like I was a different person. Um, in Megaport, the company that I was working for at the time was my absolute baby before I had a baby. I mean, it was, I nurtured that it was an infant when I got a hold of it. And I was like a crazy teenager by the time I'd left. Um, and We'd gone through all of the problems and all the raising and all the, you know, it, it was like my baby. Yeah. And then I had a baby and realised, oh, it's just not my baby anymore. I yes. just, it's just not there. But 
it's you know I, I had great support from the board um I was sitting in you know board meetings and the board were incredible but I don't think the executive was supportive um they certainly were questioning um particular things around my leave um they were supportive of course as much as you have to be from a legal standpoint Correct. but I don't think that they were thrilled about it mm. um it was a bit of a gaping hole that I'd left and I was very well aware of what I would, what I was leaving mm. and I was very well aware that they would most likely look for a man to replace me. I was just about to touch mm. on that, being in that type of industry. And yeah. I think a lot of industries when it comes to a corporate perspective, mm. you know, we've, we've certainly, there's been an evolution of women coming and dominating, but a lot of it is still male dominated. It's crazy. Did you find that difficult? Oh, look, it's been a difficult thing my entire career. I mean, yeah. I'm really petite and tiny and I'm blonde and to, to even be taken seriously in the first couple of years of my career was really difficult. Um, and I had to go into boardrooms and demand respect, which I hated doing yeah. because I wanted to be my, my whole thing in my head was I, I want to be sweet, but you know, sweet and it uh, a firm at the same time. I, I didn't want to be firm all the time. And I think the first probably five or six years of my career, I was very firm mm. and I probably was seen to be a bit of a ball breaker when that's not really who I am as a yep. personal, um, personal bell. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And I'm really passionate about women in leadership because I think it is, it is the evolution that what we, bring to the table is something completely different and it's not about it's different perspectives it's different um you know we nurture our staff and our nurture our teams mm. and the way that we do that comes with much value from your employees and um it's just different and having more women in leadership teams to counter men and to work with men is beautiful like I just it makes so much more sense but 100% men yeah. are in particularly in the industry internet and telco industry where I work it's mostly men and mostly male engineers that are dictating decisions mm. um but it's getting there slowly yeah. but you know being pregnant was for me I've thought of it was a curse yeah. from a career perspective absolutely yeah, well, it's correct. You know, you're leaving a hole, you're stepping away. Yeah. And again, with that fast pace, I what's going to happen when you come back? And clearly there was no concern there, given that a few months oh, after God. you've returned from maternity oh. leave is when you've been offered the CEO, CEO role. Yeah. How was that decision-making pro oh, decision process, given oh. that you now had RAF on board? Well, ugh. It was hard because, to be honest, I I would love to say that I went home and I'm sorry if my husband's listening to this and spoke to my husband about <laughs> sorry, it. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> sorry, Betty. Um, but um, I definitely reached out to my girlfriends who are really, really tight with me and they just – I've got the most amazing support system in the entire world from a female perspective and a male perspective. My husband is amazing, but I, I know I, – I almost needed validation from other women mm. of like, is this okay for me to even – you know, I, I wanted to be vulnerable with other women to say, I know you're a mum too. Is this even okay? Is this allowed for me to go and do this role? Is this going to be seen as I'm a bad mum? And from a career perspective, it was an absolute yes in capital letters. That's all I wanted to write back in yep. the text message. It was all on text message. Do you want to run oh. cloud scene? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so but, official. <laughs> but I, because I love this business. I love, I've 
been talking about it with Bev for years because uh, it was kind of his side hustle for a while and I would always write him emails around how to commercialize the business so I was always in it in a way mm. um but from a personal level I was really concerned about the mum judgment and the mum guilt that came with this because it's like I needed my girlfriend Britt who's got a little little boy Will who's six months older than Rafi I I kind of needed her to be like you got this yeah and the girls, of course, were like, take it, do it. Absolutely. Amazing. Yep. Make it happen. Um, but, you know, my husband was like, do whatever you need to do. We'll be here to support you as per usual. So Aww. it's kind of amazing. Which is so important. I think that support network is oh. huge because it's not only the physical demands of a job like that. It's mm. the mental and, and the emotional. There's a lot of balls that you've got to The mental well. load is another level. I yes. say to um, some, of, some of my girlfriends that I need a wife because I actually <laughs> need a husband and a wife living with me. It's just like the amount of stuff that women take on. I mean... Mm. It's like, it's like it's magic when things happen around the house and, oh, the doctor's appointments, um, you know, been made for RAF's vaccinations or this has been happening and just so you know, you need to be here at 11 a.m. You know, I still do all of that. Yep. Um, but if I was a man, would I do that still? I mean, it's just, it's really crazy and we, we naturally take that on though. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And it, but it's funny though, I often talk to Dan about this, is mm. that naturally I will... I will make those assumptions mm. of, well, we need to do X, Y, Z. You know, yeah. we need to plan for this and plan for that. And and this is a generalization. Not all men are in this boat. Absolutely. But quite often they don't have that same sense of thought process. If you tell them that it needs to be done, they'll help. But yeah. they just, they're, they're just wired that organization level. I'm not yes. sure what it is. Yeah. But <laughs> either way, I'm always happy to do it. Like I actually really enjoy the organization process, yes. but I'm very time poor and I often have decision fatigue after work. Yeah. I think that's a major issue for working oh. mums. Just exhausted. Like, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yes. It's just ridiculous. Like the amount of, and if Ben asks what I want for dinner, I'm like, babe, I've just made so many decisions today. <laughs> Please make it happen. And I just, the, the mental load is something else for women that I think we, we mm. actually need to solve. I think we need to understand what that is and why we're actually taking all of that extra load on when we are equals in our households these days. Um, I certainly am equal in my household, but I take it on as yes. my job. Yep for some unknown reason. Do you think that that potentially stems back to a portion of mum guilt or the guilt that, you know, exactly. you're not home with Raf yeah. all day, every day, and, and you're not, I'm making you up know, for it. Ben's yeah. not coming home to a made dinner and, and it's God. our way of going, no, He's no, no, trained. I can still do it all. Yeah. Just watch me. Yeah. You know what? It's probably that. It's probably me um, trying to make up for the fact that I'm, you know, I'm still a good mum. I'm doing all of this yes. stuff. And, um, God, Raph couldn't care less. I mean, no. he's the happiest kid. He's just, you know, he has no idea what's going on and he doesn't need all the things that we organize for him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, most likely it's mum guilt. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I don't think you ever get over that mum mum guilt. Not. No, and I think it's it's a catch-22. You, you feel guilty for being at work oh. and then, you know, if you're at home, you feel guilty for not being at work. Yeah. It's, you just can't win. Well, How do you find that you disconnect this is something that I personally struggle with a lot mm. and then by the look on your face you're probably exactly disconnect. the same it? disconnecting from work because mm. you know it is very mentally demanding and mm. then you come home and you have to shift into mum mode you don't just yeah. get that opportunity to switch off and chill out Never. how do you find that 
Um, I've never been one that's great at disconnecting yeah. uh, from work, but um, I am really regimented with Raph when I pick him up. So the one thing that I said to Bev when I when I wanted to take this this opportunity and I, I sat down with him and said, listen, I've got a six-month-old baby at home at the time. He's one now, but, um, you know, I, my biggest priority is him. Can I leave at 4.30 every day? I'll get back online and work until late. But from 4.30 till about 6.37 when I put him to bed, that's my time. It's very rare that someone will ping me at the moment from an internal customers and things like that. They, they will still do that. They don't know my rule. Mm-hmm. But the internal team know that's out of bounds for me. And I've actually put that boundary in. I never had boundaries before a baby. And that was at the detriment to probably my mental health because mm-hmm. I was always online. Um, but I'm really, really, you know, bath time and dinner time is my time with Raph. And I, I actually put my, um, the feature on your phone that you, you kind of turn, whatever, screen time it's called. Oh, uh, yeah. And that, I, I put screen time on from about five o'clock to seven o'clock. I try really hard not to look at my phone, not great at it though. Sometimes in bath time <laughs> I'll have a glance, but that is a really important time for me to bond with him. And I feel like I'm a better mother, um, going to work with that dedicated time because I know it's my only time with him. I've got two hours, that's it. So phone away, sit down and play with him, have that really present, beautiful time with him. I mean, it's just awesome when you're properly present and playing blocks with them and, you know, they just love it. They do. And that's all they really need. Yeah. But we get so caught up in all the other nonsense that we just make it harder for ourselves. We do. So I just, I take that time and try really hard to stick to it. Um, It's hard sometimes when things are really busy, really crazy. Um, But I I try really, really hard to to do that. That's Raph's time and that's it. So work is completely out of bounds. So that's the only disconnect time that I have. And then probably around seven o'clock, I jump back online often until nine or 10 at night. And that's every day. And I'm in the office at 7, 7.30. Dear God. Yeah. What, what does a normal week look like for you? Because I know you travel a lot as yeah. well. Um, well, if I'm in Brisbane, if I'm in HQ, it, I will get up at 5.30, 5.30, um, feed Raph, I'll get in the car at 6.37, be in the office as soon as I possibly can, um, purely because the US is really demanding for us and the US, that's their working hours and mm. it's around about lunchtime for them or just early afternoon. So I'll smash into US stuff and we've got staff in the US as well, so I need to be online for them. Um, and then a billion meetings and it's just always <laughs> meetings, just ridiculous. And then I leave at 4.30, it's rough time between, yeah, 4.30 and 6.37 jump back online and eat dinner usually at my laptop um, and work until late every day, rinse and repeat. That's the startup. That's that's what you have to do. You have to put in so many hours and so much effort. The only thing that's changed for me from being a mum is I used to have so much more downtime to think about strategy Mm. and I struggle so much with that now. I just don't don't have the time. Well, there's there's always someone who wants something. It's, oh. either, it's either work or it's either Raph or ben. and Ben. Where yeah. does where does that fit into it? Um, ben certainly gets the crappy end of the stick, um, <laughs> he, but he's ben. kind of used to it um, because I I mean we've been together nine years and I've always been as crazy as I am. Um, but 
Uh, I make really a specific time frame as well, you know, date nights and all of that stuff. We try really hard to not have TVs on when we're talking and try and sit down for dinner sometimes. But it's hard when we've got an infant. I mean, we certainly – the relationship definitely changes when they start moving around. Oh, That's yes. just – when they were little blobs, perfect. Stunning. <laughs> can just put them there and you can have dinner but now that he's moving it is a whole nother level like yeah. it's just that is really hard for the relationship to like just have a conversation and look yes. at each other in the eyes not looking at the baby and where he is it's always impossible so my mum looks after Raph a lot for us so we can have time together so she's pretty amazing that's amazing. I was actually going to ask you in terms of the support network oh. because it's so important and mm. I think that's the other thing where mum guilt comes in yeah we often say no to help because we think yes. we should be doing it all on our own. But, God, just We're take idiots. it if it's there. I know, but it's so hard because, you know, you don't want to bother people. Everyone's mm. busy these mm-hmm. days. Um, you know, my girlfriends who, you know, you know quite well, Danny. I think um, they beg me to look after Raph. They're literally Carly and Alex and all my girlfriends are like, please, like, oh, any time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, but... It's actually, you know, in the, Carly might look after Raph and say, oh, um, it was amazing. Like, I was, like, the best hour of my life. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So they kind of really enjoy it. But, um, you know, I think daycare is a real problem with, um, with you know, looking after babies and um, a lot of people can't afford daycare. So you do need a support network around you, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, your sister and brother, whatever it might be. Um, and if you don't have that, it is, it's, it's hard and hats off to you. Cause that is, it's the hardest job in the world if you don't have a support network. So Absolutely. amazing. Yep. Yep. It, and it is. And that's actually a perfect segue because mm. you're doing a little bit in that space when it comes <laughs> to daycare. And we were talking off air before around, <laughs> Oh God, it's so expensive, ridiculously expensive. expensive. And I know for me, I went back full-time when Peyton was eight months. I didn't have the option of part-time in my role. So the rebates ran out earlier in the year and I was paying, you know, 600, 650 a week. Ridiculous. Just to work. It's a mortgage just to work. It doesn't make any sense for the average Australian family. Um, It is really incredible. It's just almost I'm like speechless about it because when I look at the government and particularly being a a leader and and a woman um, in leadership a lot of the the people that I've spoken to from a governmental perspective say great to see women in leadership well done to you five stars keep it up and you know we need more women on boards we need more women in c-level positions how did you do it and I think the simple answer is well I didn't have children when I did a lot of that that first 10 years of my career that I worked really hard I had no dependents so it was just me just Mm. selfishly working um but could I do that now like if I started now could I have done what I needed to do to or, or get where I am today and you look at we've got critical roles in our society like nurses and teachers and they can't afford to go back to work full-time because of daycare if they're Mm. over their threshold they struggle to even go back three days a week and be able to afford daycare and you know if I have two children that's twelve hundred dollars a week Mm. and it's easy for me to say I'm in a privileged position and that I could afford it but that's not the point it's it's I want women on my board I want C-level women Correct. on my mm. in my leadership team because I know my, my highest performer in 
Cloud Zane is a woman with three children and she's a single mum. She is a gun and I she's so valued by me and I give her as much flexibility as she needs to do what she needs to do. But how does that make any sense for her? You know, it doesn't. Um, so what are we going to do about it? You know, what is what is the solution from a government perspective to help support what they want, which is women in leadership? Mm-hmm. And that is getting people back to the workforce because biologically we need to have the children. I can't palm the next baby off to Ben. <laughs> like I'd love Correct. to palm the next yeah. birth off to Ben, yeah. but biologically I can't do that. So how are you, you know, the government supporting me in doing that mm. when I don't have a choice to palm it? I've well, got to do it. We're, we're making a choice yeah. between working and not working. Mm. And, and for some people it is, it's not even a choice, you know, they, yeah. they might just not want to go back to work and that's Which is absolutely awesome. fine. Yeah. But taking the option away just because totally. it's a financial issue. I totally agree. Yeah. You've, um, you're doing some great things in that space and hopefully by the time <laughs> this airs, there might Gosh. be a little bit more traction. <laughs> Yeah, I have to go somewhere after this to sort that out. (laughs) Fingers Uh, crossed. Yeah, we'll see how we go. (laughs) Well, it's interesting though because you're so modest and you do so much in this space. And even when I asked you to come on, you're like, why? I don't understand. You're like, I don't get it. (laughs) Um, Hello. Anyway, look, you were recently named um, one of the Power Women 50. So the world's 50 most powerful women in the data economy. Which is massive. What the hell? I they know. mustn't have had enough people. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's that modesty. I told you I googled you. <laughs> Dear, damn it! <laughs> but what's next for you? Oh, we've just got to scale this business. So you know, do it all again. Um, this is my one, two, three, fourth startup, third startup. I can't even remember now. Um, and I, I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. I love the building of startups and um, nurturing them and. Um, you know, creating new strategies for them and, and executing on that. Um, Cloud Scene is um, the business that I'm running now is um, oh, it's got so much opportunity. It's just obscene. We just did a, a deal with Google last week um, and we've got so much traction. It's just, I need to execute the hell out of that business and, and keep doing what we're doing. Cause we've got, we, we truly have so much traction. Like mm-hmm. So the industry are really watching us. So, um, you know, for the next couple of years it's just growing that baby and um you know nurturing it and, and scaling really scaling it because it's going to be I think it'll be bigger than the previous business um it, by far because uh, of wow. market opportunity yeah um we just have to ensure that um you know we've got all of our ducks in a row and we've got the right team to do it so that's kind of I mean that's me full time plus plus, yep, plus plus um I'm sure another baby in the mix would probably be close you know at some point I'm not ready yet <laughs> I've just gotten my life back um but I'd love to have a little sibling for Rafi I don't know next couple of years would be nice yep. um got to sort the daycare issue out first that's my current agenda yes um that. but uh I think really focusing on on just scaling up yeah I love how passionate you are about it. You can see in the way that you talk about it and, and the, just in the way that you address the business. It's, it's huge. And I love that. And I think it's a prime example of how you can have the best of both worlds. And we touched on before that mum guilt and balance mm. is yeah. balance. Just Classic. not really existence. What's your, what's your advice for anybody who wants to be a working mum yeah. or focus on their career whilst yeah. still raising their children? Well, number one, it's worth it. 
it's mm. worth it to go back to work if you want to. Um, I think for me, it as I said before, it does make me a better mum because I get that amazing present time with Raph. I'm really present when I come home. Um, and, you know, you, you do need to throw the idea of balance out the window mm. if you want to go back full-time, um, even part-time. I mean, um, they, they say these days that being a mum is two and a half jobs. You know, mm. 2.5 jobs is being a mother and that's just of one child, let alone if you've got several. Um then you've got a job on top of that. So, you know, that's essentially three jobs that you're juggling. And anybody, I, I, feel it, I feel that it's a real, it's a privileged woman thing to say, to say that you get balance because it's often the wealthy women that say it mm-hmm. because they've got the money for help. Um, and that's excellent, but that's not how everybody else is. And I think um, – being open and honest about balance is really important. I mean, the only time I get is maybe half an hour in a day and that's usually my shower time. And yes. I mean, it's just, and that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I had a bath the other day and I was like, who am I? I had 20 minutes and I was bored because I usually am doing things. So um, you do have to throw the idea of the word balance out of the window. It's not, it's not a concept that actually goes with motherhood motherhood Mm. is beautiful because it's not balanced because you don't usually get time for yourself and when you do it's awesome but it's not realistic to say that you can juggle everything and have it all without a support network or you know it's just not or without feasible like the occasional mental breakdown because yeah absolutely the the amount of pressure that we've got from all angles you know and and that's I love social media obviously Mm. I think it's an amazing platform for talking about things that we you know and prime example you know this podcast yeah but it does we've still got those people who are putting up this visionary of my perfect life and my perfect you know motherhood it just doesn't exist but like it, it can be your type of perfect but it's not balanced Correct. if you want balance whatever that means to you you've got to make your own balance or make your own you know I might go to Pilates on a Saturday morning that's my balance that's 45 minutes for me that's it for the week mm. um you know the rest of the time is with the baby and my husband if I'm off um but you know it's really amazing that the amount of times people say to me you know oh aren't you don't you feel bad that you have left Raph at daycare and he's only X months old or he's one? And I'm like, yeah, I do. But are you asking my, asking my husband that? Like how many people ask Ben in a day? I, I, don't you feel bad? Like there's not, it doesn't, no, no. that never happens. No, it, it doesn't. never happens. It and it's so grossly unfair because I'm like, well, he's also a parent to this child that we have together and he feels just as bad to go to work. Mm. But why aren't we talking about it? Why isn't that equal yet when we've got equal opportunity everywhere else, but it's just on the mum. And, you know, when I leave at 4.30, it's like the new version of the walk of shame. Yes. I literally (laughs) would abseil down the building if I could with my handbag because I need to get out of there without people seeing me because I'm paying these people money to work really hard and work yep. till six or seven at night or 10 at night. And here I am waltzing out at four thirty. They don't know that I'm working until 10, mm. but I'm the boss and I'm just like, see ya. Yeah. And it is truly a walk of shame for me every single day. And my husband doesn't experience that. Mm. So mm. it's so true though. But also when you're asking a question like that, do mm. you feel bad? 
what are you expecting as the response? Yeah. That's that's the part that I still can't get past because naturally every mother's going to have guilt Absolutely. regardless of what you do. So bringing it up, yeah. why are we not... Why are we justifying Why it? are we having those conversations yeah. still yeah. in almost 2020? It needs to stop. It yeah. needs to stop. And of course we want to be with our children, but we also, if you want to work, you don't have to apologize for that. You don't have to justify it. I mean, gosh, we'd love to. I'd love to bring Raf to work every day. Mm. I'd love it. I'd love to just pop in to a nursery and be like, "Hey, babe, how you doing?" And then pop back to work. But it's just not feasible. Correct. It's just not. It's feasible. not realistic. It's not realistic. So, mm. um, you know that that's one of those questions, very similar to the question of, you know, when are you having a baby? Those type of questions. And do you feel guilty about leaving your baby? Mm. Yeah, they just need to die. Yep. They're done. <laughs> they do. they're, they're done. Stop it, Susan. Yes, we don't want to hear on, from Suze. you. <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> now, one thing that I am really passionate about, and I think it is because that balance yeah. really isn't there, um, is about making sure that you do, on the odd occasion, find time for yourself and reconnect yeah. with the person that you were before kids. Because particularly if you Absolutely. do go back to work, I know for me, oh. I immersed myself in work yeah and you become a mum or you become focused on whatever it is that you're doing on a daily basis so mm. you can lose a sense of yourself mm. and I like to call it the me before mummy yes so what is it that Belle does to reconnect with Belle pre-kids I do I love going to Pilates yes um because that's my little mum group so there's a lot of women there that are also working mums we just kind of gas bag the whole time to be honest it's not really (laughs) a workout um it's an enjoyable workout um like to do that um oh just like to go to breakfast with ben and just have two hands to eat i mean stunning how good is two hands to eat without a baby there um I, i i think um for me, that if I get downtime, I love to be able to spend it eating with Ben. I like to go out to eat, or yes. and it's not, and that's kind of my me time. I give back to him, and um, you know, he's just amazing. He just lets me roll with whatever I'm doing, and you know, that's that's the best. Is having a glass of wine with him yeah. is just the best wine down for me. But being able to be your own person too mm. with him instead of yeah. just mum or oh, as yeah. you said before, you know, watching for the baby or talking yeah. about the baby. It's impossible. Just being able to talk like you used to do. Yeah. Like just two people. It's crazy. It's isn't huge. It? It's crazy. Yeah, I think um I, I'm a big believer in, you know, having time for yourself. I don't think you ever should feel guilty about it. Um, whether it's go and have a massage or a walk or whatever it is, um, you actually need it because you will end up having a breakdown, particularly mm. if you're you're working full time. It's a lot on your Absolutely. plate. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, you have Danny. been an absolute pleasure and I'm so happy that you agreed to it, even though oh, you questioned gosh, me quite, <laughs> quite recently. You're like, what? No, me? Are you sure? I'm sure you still didn't mean not this to sure. someone else. Yes, not, still not sure if you're sure. <laughs> oh, well, look, I'm so excited to see everything that you do and just keep fangirling you too. from behind. We're fangirling you too, girlfriends. Awesome. Fangirling each other. <laughs> but very excited. I will pop all of Belle's details in the show notes for you, but thank you again thank so you much. Thank you so much i honestly feel like some of the best friendships are the ones where you fangirl each other and that is definitely the case uh, when it comes to Belle. i think she is just incredible and i'm so happy that she did agree to come on today's show because she has so much value to add on a number of different topics now a few of the things that i took away from today's conversation is no matter what it is that your job or position is when it comes to a career 
Everyone has a story and a journey when it comes to getting there. You never need to justify why it is you want to go back to work, whether it's because you've worked your way up, whether it's because you've dedicated yourself or whether it's because you just enjoy what you do. You never need to justify it if that's the path that you wish to take. And motherhood and a career does not need to be at the sacrifice of one another, even though it can be difficult. Now, male dominance can be a prominent issue depending on the industry that you're in, but it's important to never be concerned about your lack of value, both pre and post-pregnancy or having children. It can be difficult in a corporate environment trying to assert yourself and ensuring that you don't lose all of that traction that you've gained when it came to your career, but your value does not diminish just because you've had a child. Belle talks a lot about mum guilt and other mum judgment, which is unfortunately a reality, but it's not warranted. We want to juggle all the balls and we feel like we should do it all of ourselves. But probably the lesson here is that we need to get better at asking for help. We need to get better at accepting help and We shouldn't be afraid to set boundaries. Have your non-negotiables, whatever that looks like to you, and discuss them openly with the business so that you can both try and accommodate each other. Now, Belle touched a lot on balance and the fact that it doesn't really exist. Neither does disconnecting from work from some of us. But it can be incredibly difficult to find that balance. And the reality is it's because there really isn't one. You have to do what works for you. You have to find your best version of motherhood and a career as much as it can be a juggle. The reality is that you have to carve out time for yourself, for your partner, and for that special time with your little one. It's not going to magically pop up and it's something that you have to make sure is made a priority. It's not always easy, but if it's what you want to do, then it is worth it. I also just want to commend Belle on what she's doing in the childcare space. After she was recording with me, she was actually having a meeting with the government to discuss the injustice when it comes to childcare costs and see if there's any way that we can make some reforms to change what that looks like in the future. So you go, girlfriend. You're just doing so many amazing things and we're all super proud of you and hopefully that can come to fruition. If you would like to follow more of Belle's journey, you can find her over on Instagram at at BelleLajoie. And you can also Google to find more information on CloudScene. Now, before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to user at Ashley underscore Laconti, who tagged me in an Instagram story showing a night out with her girlfriends. She said, cocktails, mocktails, and some good vibes. It looks like you gals were having an amazing time, and I'm so proud of you for taking some time out to spend with yourself and your girlfriends. It is incredibly important. If you would like to do the same and share with me and other mamas what it is you do to reconnect with that person that you were pre-motherhood, you can jump on over to Instagram and tag myself at Mummy Republic in a post or a story and use the hashtag the me before mummy. But in the meantime, remember to take a breath, take some time for yourself and know that you're doing a damn good job. Thank you again so much for joining me. I cannot wait to share more stories with you. So if you haven't done so already, make sure that you click on that subscribe button so that you don't miss a thing. Thanks again. Lots of love and I'll see you next week.